Well, this morning, we're continuing on with week number four of the Advent Conspiracy. Have you been, has God been challenging you these weeks? He has been. He has been for me. You know, look, looking at worshiping fully, spending less, basically spending less on junk, giving more, giving more to things that matter, and then loving all. And when we, um, as we've been conspir- conspiring together, if you're visiting what we're doing, the Advent Conspiracy is a conspiracy. We've been conspiring to take back Christmas. We looked last week, at, or maybe two weeks ago, at some history, at uh, how Christmas really evolved, and saw that, that uh, a lot of things have crept in into the original intent to kind of, to, to pagan, we try to Christianize a pagan holiday at Christmas. We tried to claim it for Christ. That's what the early church fathers did in 400, um, or 355, I think, A.D., um, they tried to, to, to make something about Jesus out of something that was pagan. And so for about 2,000 years now, 1,700 years, we've been trying to do that as a church. But you know what? It's gotten kind of messed up at times. And so we're saying as a group of churches around the world, we're going to take back Christmas. And we're conspiring together to do that. And the main thing we're really doing is we're conspiring to not settle for the fluff. We're not settling for the stuff that can distract us, that we want the genuine. We want to really experience Jesus this Christmas. And so week four is the week of, of loving all in this, in this conspiracy. And to get at the, the heart of the message, the heart of how do we communicate what it means about Christmas to love all, a year ago we sat down and said, how do we do this? And we came up with an idea that I, I really think was a, the, what God directed is that we wanted to bring in a missionary this week. And I'm going to explain to you why. A missionary to talk about loving all. You say, well, why a missionary for the love all message? Well, I think the reason that the Lord led us to this is because missions illustrates what Christmas love is really all about. You see, Christmas love, what we're talking about, we've been talking about for three weeks, what the love of Christmas really is, is really about our God who is motivated by love, giving us his son for God so loved I've been looking at that verse a lot he gave God so loved he gave read that's what Christmas is all about we've been challenged to catch that heart of God and then to imitate his love in in through our lives and toward one another and you know as I was thinking about that a year ago and thinking about it even in preparation for today that's what missions is all about in the in the little book of first John in the third chapter he says this. He says, little children. Now, he's not talking to little babies. We've got some little kids in here from Kids Church today. And he's talking to you, but he's talking to all of us. People who are, who are learning and growing. And you better always have a little child heart. We talk about that every baby ded- dedication. That unless we come as a little child, that we can't really receive what we're supposed to. That we need to have a little childlike heart that is open to receive. And John writes this, little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. That's a powerful statement. Let us not, he's saying there's a way you could love just by saying, hey, I love you. And there's a way you can really love by doing something. Let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. And that's putting our love into action. I think missions illustrates that in an incredible way. And the couple that we've invited to come today, Troy and Heidi Darren, have been doing exactly that as missionaries in Moldova. These are our friends. We know them. You guys know something about me when it comes to, to missions. I want to know the people. You know, I want to know them. I want to know I can trust them. And here's a couple that, that I know and we've watched 
and they're illustrating this as they're serving the Lord on the mission field. And, and I'm hoping there's a, that there's a couple of, of things we can really get from them today as I introduce them in just a moment. Two things in particular that I'm hoping that, that God will use missions to do in our church in order to accomplish the fourth part of the Advent conspiracy, the love all. The first one is this, is that we see an example to follow. That we see right in front of us, flesh and blood, an example that we can follow. An example of two people, and actually a whole family, that isn't just some, some person that's way out there. You say, oh, they're special superstar people. No, people who are Wisconsinites, people who come from our district, people who pastored churches in this district, people who, who we can relate to, that they have an example to put before us that we can follow. And you say, what, you're saying we should all be missionaries? No, but maybe somebody. Maybe there's someone in here, maybe a, one of you uh, uh, kids today, that God wants to call you and ask you to be a missionary around the world. That would be wonderful. But I'm thinking of that in a more broad sense. An example to follow by challenging us individually to put our love into action in big ways as we walk with Jesus. That's what missions is. We walk that path. It's putting love into action in big ways. It's putting everything in your life aside to accomplish something for Jesus. That's what, that's what, that's what missions is really all about. And that's the example that God wants us to, to have in our lives every single day. And so the first thing I hope for today as we look at understanding this love all part of the Advent conspiracy is that we, we see right in front of us an example to follow. And the second thing is this, that we get a very tangible way to put our love into action um, as we get the opportunity to partner financially with a ministry that's making a difference in the world. Because you know what that little verse we read said, don't just love with word and deed, but love of word and tongue, but love with deed. Do it, do it with tangibly. And that's what we've been focusing on in the Advent Conspiracy. We've been saying, let's spend less on junk, on buying Aunt Lucy a sweater that she's never going to wear, but let's give more to something that really matters. And you say that's something that, that missions represents today. And so I'm really, really pleased this morning to be able to, to welcome Troy and Heidi Darren to church and just ask you guys to share your hearts with us today. Good morning. This is, <clears throat> this is great to be here. Does anybody remember the Moldova mission? We were here about four years ago, I think. And you are a church that supports us, and we, are, we welcome you to the stockholders meeting this morning to give you a report of your investment <laughs> in Moldova. Um, I really, I'm just trying to take in all that God's doing this morning and the theme and even when I was talking with Mark while I was in Moldova, we just came back uh, towards the end of August, and I've just been itinerating this fall. We'll be here through next September. Um, it's my wife, Heidi. We've been married 27 years. We have three children, and we'll tell you a little more about the family in a moment, but uh, she's with me this morning, and you'll enjoy getting to know her more. Um, we are in the early phases of being empty nesters. It's just killing me. Missing my daughter. We have two sons out west. A daughter who was in Moldova was with us for our last uh, three-year term, and she's in Amsterdam and Master's Commission now. But anyway, getting back to it here, I'm just trying to take, take in all that God has for us this morning, this season, the theme that you have. Uh, you know, what, what I want to share about missions, but I, want, I have a passage, too, that... I don't, I haven't normally shared, but I want to have some time at the end, even five, ten minutes. 
I kind of want to get through my missions presentation so I can get to that because I feel like it just it ties in so much here. And um, we want to show you some of your investment, what you're doing, and really it's out of your love and obedience to Christ to reach this world. It's out of our love. We're over there. We love the people. We love Moldova. We love what God is doing over there. And one of my favorite favorite little quotes from C.S. Lewis is, um, the Son of God became a man to enable men to become sons of God. And I remember a phrase that, that I once read, God had one son, and he made that son a missionary. And that was long before I was ever called to missions. That goes back to uh, Bible, Bible school days, North Central, going through a class on missions. And I just remember reading that, writing that down in my flyleaf of my Bible. And God had one son, and he made that son a missionary. And what, what Pastor Mark was sharing before, before he introduced me was, in many ways Christmas is, there is a real tie to missions because Jesus was on a mission. He came to this world. Uh, he left his home. And we celebrate that birth. And we have been recipients of that love of God and that love in human form, in flesh, expressed. And um, certainly we're in Moldova. We're there out of obedience. We're there out of love. Um, God has done a lot not only in the work there, in our lives, in our family, you know, wherever we are, here, here, in, here in Port Washington, uh, working over in Moldova, working wherever God's called you, God is more in, in, involved, God is more concerned with the individual and the person and their development after Christ, regardless of where you are in the world, right? And um, it is so great to be here with Mark and Suzanne today. We, a couple of years ago, we were coming through. We had stopped at, at the uh, Starbucks in Grafton. We just happened to, we got to come back uh, one time in our, in our term over in Moldova. It's usually pretty pricey. And, but we got to come back one time during our term. And we had just heard that they were pastoring here in Grafton. And we called them, and we basically got them out of bed and went over. It was around midnight. And, and they were in an apartment. They were just settling, setting up shop here, and we just like had this opportunity. Should we call or not? And we called, and and we we got them up, and we sat around talking in their <laughs> little apartment, living room, and catching up. But we love this family, uh, Brett and Josh, and um, yeah, we've been through a lot together. There's probably an understanding we have as families that goes beyond what I have with with almost any other pastor in the district just because of our connections and involvements and things we've shared together. And so anyway, it is great to be here with you. And we're going to have a great day today. We really are. I think before you leave today, you will feel good about what you're doing as a church and partnering with this family for God's work in Moldova. I think you'll be encouraged by and challenged by a little passage of scripture I want to share. And I think we're just going to kind of be ushered into the coming week of a final celebration and, and Christ coming just with a good feeling and just, I don't know, a fresh opening of our lives. God, fill me with your love. Pour out your love through me. Use me in whatever way you need to. And let's, let's pray together as we get started. Father, Lord, I just look out. I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you for the spirit and worship here, the hunger a sense for your presence and the joy in you, O oh God. And we come together this morning just to celebrate you, to learn from you, to be filled with more of you. 
And we invite you to just have your way in your name. Amen. Okay, allow me. You know, missionaries in some ways, we have a little bit of a canned presentation. But I'll tell you what. Anytime I share, it, it's really fresh within me. And my wife and I love uh, itinerating. And, and I, want, I want to share some things about Moldova and let you see some things about Moldova. Do I need to step back, stay behind the mics? And I want to, I want to share some things. Um, but it really is, my wife and I, we love Moldova. And let, let, me, let me get to Moldova here shortly. Here's a, here's a recent picture of the family. We hadn't seen our sons for a couple years. And this is from September when we got back. We quickly made arrangements to get together. And we have a 26-year-old in Arizona, 23-year-old in Seattle. The, that's the boys. Our daughter Heather right there. She was in Moldova with us uh, for the last few years. And as I mentioned, she's in Amsterdam and Masters now. She had such a, a wonderful time in Moldova, really experiencing great ministry with the children, a lot of our outreaches, Convoy of Hope outreaches, and especially with young gals like this, Girls of God, a discipleship camps, and just different ministry and involvement and and uh, we, we, this is our first, we're going to miss our daughter, our first time. We're not going to have Christmas with her. But here's Moldova, little, little former Soviet Republic, sandwiched between Ukraine and Romania, Europe's poorest country, about four and a half million people, although a million to a million and a half people are outside the country working. Um, you know, I just read this. I've been reading this, this uh, book that I've come across recently. Actually, I was up last night to almost one or two in the morning, I couldn't sleep. Um, and it's a book, just the copyrights from 2009 um, on the whole sex trade and human trafficking. And Moldova in, in that part of the world, and really in the world per capita is one of the, has per capita is a very uh, real problematic country and has one of the highest percentages per capita. Um, and in this book, it says Moldo one chapter is Moldova and the former Soviet uh, Union because Moldova is really a very much a hinge point and driven by the poverty. And, um, but when Romania be, gained European Union status, I read this last night, almost a million people six months ahead of that applied for their Romanian visas to get out of the country. This is already with almost 30% of the workforce out of the country already. That was just a couple years ago. That was because if they get to Romania, they have access to the whole the rest of Western Europe. And a lot of that, um, that that's an opportunity to get out legally. Um, there's, plenty, there's a lot of black market uh, passports and visas and different things that are made. Um, can you imagine living in a country? I've got a little article here, uh, the world's most unhappy country. Um, and there's a book that was put out, The Unhappiest Country in the World. Moldovans are the unhappiest people in the world. That's according to data from the world value survey whose researchers interviewed tens of thousands of people in over 60 countries during the last decade. And Moldova came out on the bottom as far as satisfaction of life, quality of life, happiness with life. People in Moldova, in the villages, it's almost like ghost towns happening. The, the young people, they try and get to the capital city of Kishin, and in many ways, but is very much not frequented by the people. Maybe three to five percent are serious about their 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 faith. Well, anyway, that's Moldova. Um, it is it is a great country. 
that needs the gospel, needs the love of Christ, needs the hope of the gospel to just invade that land. Take a look here. It began with the, with the Darrens here in a call. As, as, as Pastor Mark shared, we, we've been in this district. I was born and raised in Wausau, Wisconsin. My wife is a North Dakota, Minnesota hybrid. We're, we're kind of proof that a, a Viking and a Packer can coexist together at least for 27 years. Um, <laughs> at least for 27 years, right? And, and um, over 20 years of ministry in, in this district, Appleton, Milwaukee, Waukesha is where we were last on staff. We led 10 short-term mission trips, not knowing that down the road God was going to be calling us to this. And God's guidance is such that if you follow what you do know, he'll show you what you don't know until you get to where you're supposed to go. So God has brought us to this point in, in 2005 following our trip to Moldova. I was on staff in, in Waukesha. We had led a team, a short-term missions trip, and we came back and within a week. We felt called to full-time missions. So we've really been in full-time missions work since then and just coming back from our first term. Um, you know, we don't have time to go into the whole story. Some of you may remember this picture last time we itinerated. Um, sometimes when God calls you to something, uh, may, may, have you ever felt like, God, I don't know if this is really right. Um, you sure about this? And my wife loves Latin America. Many of our trips were there. We thought if and when we were called the missions, that's where we were heading. This was right after she got off the plane when we were leading a team that, for that short-term mission trip in September of 2005. Somebody actually caught the picture. You can see the bags are by her feet. And God was speaking to her at that moment, welcome to your new home. And she knew God was calling us to Moldova. This, I didn't know anything about what her and God had going on here until I came back and on my own, she let God deal with me and, and then it was confirmed. But uh, my wife has since then, long time ago, uncrossed her arms and fallen in love with Moldova. <laughs> and I'm thankful for that because it would not work. I'll tell you what, if you're going to go to the mission field, you've got to be in one accord. And my wife, I, I've never heard her complain on the mission field, to tell you the truth. And she loves the people over there. There's so many young gals that need her love, children. And God has given her a, a love in a special way. And I want to let her share a few moments with you. And I'll be right back. But this is my wife, Heidi. I did fall in love with Moldova. And I'm so thankful for the journey that God has given to us in Moldova. I enjoy and being with the pastor's wives there. They are... the wonderful, wonderful woman. And, you know, when you're here in America, you just realize how much the church appreciates you and how much um, they love you. And I don't see that in Moldova. The people don't know how to appreciate the pastors and the wives. And so it's been really fun to just love on them and to be part of their lives. And so that's something that I'm going to even do more when I go back to Moldova is bring in some women's ministry things and some things to appreciate the pastor's wives. As Troy's, Troy mentioned, I am a city girl. I absolutely, I, I just, I want so bad to have a nice loft downtown Minneapolis and just, you know, that is, that is where my heart is for retirement. But when you're on the journey that God has given you, you and you know it's right, you, your heart just goes in that direction, and I enjoy the villages very much. I've learned how to milk a cow. I've done laundry um, by hand, and I have taken a shower outside with the chickens. 
You shoo them away so that you can turn them on. So God has done great things in my heart. And um, like I said, it's just a joy to be in Moldova. I feel like um, God has just t- asked me to share something with you. And huh, if I can get through to The verse kept going over and over in my mind during worship. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And then Pastor Mark mentioned it also this morning. The people in Moldova need the love of God and they need to hear that about Christ. When I walk into the home, the safe home for the girls that are there for human trafficking, it's all I can do is just love. I don't know the language that well to say everything I want to say. I use a translator at times. But we need to be skin. Jesus was skin on. We need to be who he is and show the love to the girls. They've been beaten physically, emotionally, and mentally. They have come to our home with no teeth. They have come to our home with med- lots of medical problems. Our, even one of our little girls, the one of our girls have ha- have children, and the little Sabrina, she didn't come with teeth either because she was abused. They just need to ha- be shown love, and that's how we show who Christ is. I'm excited to go back and just be part of their lives and then also go into the prevention part and share with them, the girls, go to the villages, go to the churches, go to the schools, go to the orphanages, and do a prevention program so that they don't have to go into the human trafficking that is very prevalent in Moldova. But I wanted to share with you also, it's not just people across the ocean that we need to share love with. It's all in their own family. And during this season... We get together with family, and I know that we all have members who do not have Jesus in their heart. Just keep believing and keep having that love. Keep being the Jesus with skin on. Sometimes we don't even have to say anything. Sometimes it's just our actions and our actions of love, who Christ is. We left for Moldova, and our son had a horrific time with us being gone and with just different things that were going on in his life. And he went through major depression. We came home and spent some time with him and went through some counseling with him. And just loving him and other people loving him. And today I can say he is on the right track. He has stayed at his job for over a year. And his life has changed. Another thing that God did while we were in Moldova, and you were right when you shared that with us this morning, A wonderful lady shared with us that God will take care of our children and God will take care of our loved ones when we're gone. I got a great letter in the mail from my brother. I was scared to open it because for over 20 years we've been praying for him. He's an alcoholic. He's a drug addict. His wife is in the midst of giving him the papers for divorce at that time. And life was just terrible for him and he was at the very bottom and I get a letter in the Moldova from him and I'm like oh, I don't want to open this <laughs> but I did and I just started crying 
he said to me, thank you for never giving up on me. And today, for over a year now, he is serving God. He decided, he decided in him and God to accept Jesus Christ in his heart. He's never missed a Sunday. His wife's seen such an incredible change in him that she stopped the divorce papers and their marriage is restored. And at this time last year on Christmas Eve, she gave her heart to the Lord. And my nieces know who Jesus is. And they're singing songs about God and they're singing songs about Noah and Jonah. So never give up on the ones that you love. Continue to be Christ in front of them and continue to show his love, love on them. It's what we do in Moldova, but it's also what we need to do here at home. There is just so much more to both those stories with our son and our brother. Um, and <laughs> sometimes when you talk about love, it gets a little mushy, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and it, God just, God could have raised somebody from the dead who went to bed any more of a miracle to me in Moldova than what he did with some of the circumstances surrounding her brother, our son. And it's just amazing. And a sister had shared this morning, as you take care of the children in Moldova, God will take care of your children and your loved ones. And as you, as you love and give your love in Moldova. And God really did do that. We had a hard time thinking even when we were leaving with some of the struggles going on with some family members. But God really did some incredible things, almost getting us out of the picture and 6,000 miles away. Um, <clears throat> I want to tie into this a little more, but I'm going to kind of fast track, just let you see some of the things that, that you're helping us do through your love. God is building his church in Moldova. And there's, there's a, a simple verse. Jesus said, I will build my church. You know, if, if you were in Moldova again today, I just picked you up at the airport, something you'd notice as you travel around would be apartments like this that are kind of half done, you know, just unfinished. You would see bridges like this that I see on my way to the office, the bridge to nowhere. Um, you don't want to get on, get on this bridge because it's got a bad, bad ending. <laughs> um, You'd go through many of the villages where there was collective farming and a lot of buildings where the people every day would get up and they would go and they'd have their assigned tasks. And that village, you know, they may be agricultural, one may be in livestock, one may do some kind of textiles, one may um, be involved in, in wine and stuff. It's a big, uh, Moldova's a big wine-producing country, beautiful land, beautiful grapes and fruits and vegetables. But you'll see a lot of these buildings just empty, just a little ghost town all by itself in this village. You know, deserted 20, 25 years ago uh, when communism fell and nobody's invested or had money to, to change them or make any kind of business. They're just left. And you see these all throughout. And all that to me is a sign of an ideology of, that came from Marx to Lenin to Stalin and right through had about a 50, 100-year lifespan, and it ended. But Jesus said, I will build my church. And we are s sitting here today, and we are proof. 2,000 years later almost since Jesus uttered that, that 
It was not a bridge to nowhere. It was not a plan of a man who was just another one calling himself the Messiah in that day or claiming some truth uh, or new way. Here we are. Jesus is building his church. I look out, and every week I'm in churches, and I see Jesus building his church. And we are proof of that. And this is going on. This is 2,000 years after Jesus uttered that. We are making him an honest man. And the gospel is still good news. The gospel still brings change. The gospel is still the answer. And it was not something that was washed out and wiped out when Pilate crucified Christ or the Romans persecuted through those first centuries or the Dark Ages. You know, it couldn't put out the light of the gospel. And you come all the way through the, the, the centuries and it never got to the point where that was it. Christianity was done. And it was just something we read about in the history pages. It is still today, all throughout the world, there are different places. God is, God is really moving in powerful ways in a lot of places. And there's other places that are real strongholds. But the gospel today, God's church is meeting all over the world. God's people are worshiping Jesus all over the world. And there's onslaughts, but the gates of hell will not prevail. They will not overcome, and they have not for 2,000 years. So I have complete confidence until the day of his coming that that we're going to win this battle and the church is going to continue to be built. And one day we'll be gathered in heaven. But until then, it's not going to be something that just crumbles and becomes an empty shell like communism. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And so he's building his church spiritually. He's doing it physically. Here's a couple shots. You helped this here church had a fire in Mihai Leninoi. And I just just go through those real quick. Some of your funding helped us get this church rebuilt, got the burnt materials off, got the new roof on. This was just last year at this exact time. And they, we got the roof on because winter was coming. And then they were able to work on the inside. And, you know, the, see, see the final picture there? I'm sure it's all finished up. That was from late spring. And this church is up and going because of your giving. Um, here's a church in Bubayech. This church, God, the other one we rebuilt, this one we built from the ground up. God provided this land in a miraculous way. And it was a year ago in the fall after God provided this. This, this little church for over 10 years, it was a new plant in Bubayech, about 30 minutes outside the capital city, village of about five, 6,000. Although one of our little towns of 1,000 would look much bigger than a village of 5,000 in, in, in Moldova. But this church had been meeting for 10 years in a cramped little home. The children would go upstairs in a room about 16 by 18, and the adults would meet downstairs. And we've been there many times in that church and praying and believing, you know, someday they'll have their own building. And God provided this land, and last fall we brought in teams. And you can see we went to work. We started putting the walls up. We had teams from Princeton, Minnesota. Um, We had teams from Montana. And we had about three teams, and we just... In Moldova, you just need get get us four walls, the windows and the doors on, and let's start having church. And you can see one of my this this is the interior. the The ceiling was just poured, got the windows on. This is about a week or two before we had service. And one of my favorite ministry days of all time over about 25 years was March 28th of this year. I got to to, to be at the church. I I preached. This is our first service in this building. What an exciting day. Those people were so thrilled to have their own building. And we ran a cable all the way back to the house behind. There's an outhouse in the back that will be fully functional for many years. That's a convenience item. But we had the four walls. We had the windows and the doors. And it was time to have church. And that church is going today. 
and you, we put a, a, a chunk into that just to keep that thing moving along, just to get under those four walls. And in time, we'll, we'll keep working, and you can see us walking on the second floor here. In time, we, we'll go back, and we'll probably keep working. The second floor there will eventually be the full sanctuary. But that's like it is in Moldova in many ways. If you're building a house, they'll get a little section enclosed. They'll live in it, and you'll see, see limestone bricks and rocks and and different things, building construction materials, sitting out in front. And it may be five, ten years, they're working on this, and it'll stay in the family and be passed on and passed on. You know, it's not like you gotta have everything finished before we move on. Just get it enclosed, and, and, and we'll get in. Even these nice homes, a lot of times nice homes, they got the outhouse in the back, you know. Um, well, the, the wealthier ones, they, they, they'll, they'll have indoor plumbing and stuff, but you helped with this church. Um, one other one in Cornest, and just to fast track this, you know, Mihai Leninoy, we had to rebuild it. That was a fire. Uh, Bubayech, we built that from the ground up, and we work with a lot of teams, construction teams, church planning and construction projects. And a lot of times with those teams, we'll do Convoy of Hope outreaches to kind of, you know, bring a big thrust into the village or community as we're starting or planting that church or doing work. This church in Cornest here, this one we bought. And we closed on this building this summer in July, or in June, a couple months before we came back. And this church, this is a hub uh, town of 10,000. 30 villages are around this. Probably, probably anywhere from a mile to five, 10 miles away, probably at the most. 30 villages. They converge on Cornish every Wednesday and Sunday, 1,000 to 2,000 people. And here's Main Street. And up and down, they're selling their wares. You can buy your eggs, you can buy chickens, you can buy feed, you can fruits, vegetables. You can come and sell your stuff. Um, you can buy fish out of the trunk, you know, of, of the Russian-made lot of cars or the little vehicle or, you know, they, they, the, the horses and the cars. You get into the villages, and it's a lot of wells. These young, young children like this, every day, part of their chore, they'd come home from school and they'd go to the well, and they'd be bringing home buckets of water to do general cleaning, uh, washing, cooking, just, just different daily activities. That, you'd be doing that every day. You'd go, be going to get water from the well. Um, but this church we bought, and it is right on Main Street. And we just closed in June. And that market happens right in front of this church every Wednesday, every Sunday, 1,000 to 2,000 people. There are, some, there are some tremendous problems in this village. Uh, young gals there are trafficked. There's a guy who has a shadow business. He traffics gals up to Russia. Uh, some gals, they're, they're taken into Chisinau for the weekends for prostitution. Sometimes guys come out there because it's you know cheap sex out, out in the village. Uh, there's just a lot of immorality. And this pastor, we bought, we bought this. It's right on Main Street there. We retrofitted part of, it's a pretty, pretty big building actually. We retrofitted part of it with dormitories where 15 to 20 adolescent orphans anywhere from 13 to 20 live there he's kind of rescued these out of the state orphanage system no parents and definitely headed into a life of alcoholism perhaps prostitution just uh, stealing thievery destruction and he is pastoring them he is parenting them he is seeing them through through their schooling he is seeing them onto a productive life responsible life um, he's working with the elderly. All these things. I'm gonna, uh, we are so glad to partner with this pastor because he is really an, an example 
of what we want to do in villages and communities. We want to kind of have like these tentacles that just touch all areas. The elderly, this gal, her home was falling in, she's blind, she's in a little mud hut really. It's really a, 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 a little fee, feeding place that used to be a storage. And she lived there and it was just mud and, mud and straw and, and the roof and one of the walls was just concave and, and we just rebuilt that during a convoy. Here's some of these adolescent uh, orphans, that's with Pastor Vitali there on the right. And you know they got the new dormitory in that church. Uh, I'll tell you the story about the cows here in a minute. This mother baby center is in Cornish. And a lot, of, a lot of young moms there pregnant outside of wedlock, having babies. They're allowed to stay there six months, and then they're kicked out. And so we're ministering there. Um, here's a new well we built. This is about 50 feet from the church. And you can see brand new siding. It's all about relationship. It's all about the, the being seen in good rapport, especially in, in a country where... Uh, the religious faith or whatever, we're, anybody else is seen as a cult. And uh, no matter what fellowship you are, if you're not of the Orthodox upbringing over on that side of the world, you're really seen as a cult. So this is all about building relationship, just giving back to the community, not taking, but out of love to the elderly, the, the most needy in society, the young people. Fifty after-school children come to that church, uh, that same building, every Monday through Friday, their only meal. These, these young children, just like this, they, they come to the church, they receive a, a, a good meal, or probably their one meal a day. Downstairs they have, they have singing and a Bible story with them, and they go home for the evening. But they come Monday through Friday. Um, convoy of Hope, we just had a big Convoy of Hope, about 500 people there. That was just uh, the end of April, and we just have really targeted Cornish. And this is an example. You see the adults there. And you'll see the children. We put up simple carnival games, and then we bring them together. We share the Bible stories and puppets, and we give them. I was sharing. We went and took some pictures with Buddy Barrel and sharing with the kids here. They, we give up. We have some high-quality tracks and, and really great Bibles from Bible League and International Bible Society over there. And we'll give them to the children, and very, it may very well be that this is the best book they have in their home, and the only Bible when they get home. And... If any of you give money to like Light for the Lost or whatever for literature or the children of BGMC, I drive a speed of light vehicle. You know, I was a pastor. I was behind the scenes. I raised almost $100,000 during my youth ministry days for speed of light. You know, young people helping provide transportation, sound systems for missionaries. And now I'm on the field and I tell you, church, I use it all. We use the monies from the kids for outreaches. We use the literature. I went on a spending spree. I knew we were coming back. I was allotted $10,000 for literature through the men's ministry and Light for the Lost and giving from churches to, to literature. And I, I was just, I was doing evangelism outreaches, Men's Day, Ladies' Day, um, Convoy of Hope, uh, different churches. We, every month we were just doing major outreaches. I spent $6,000. I left a couple in there so when I get back I have some money. But that was just from January uh, through July, the different outreaches. And it just, it is, it is so valuable to have those materials. But we use it all. And we get around because young people, wherever you are, you know, little things you do, giving an offering, doing a car wash, bake sale, whatever, you help, help us get around in Moldova and do our job. So I just want to tell you, I use it all. You know, I was here and I would do those little programs, but now I'm over there and I use it all. So, and I know the other missionaries, it's so valuable. Anyway... 
getting to the end here, this little story, see Heidi kind of working on learning to milk a cow from a distance, sort of. <laughs> and I, I, didn't, I didn't get to do that. I was busy with the chickens there. But God, God, uh, God allowed my wife to get on this international women's club in Chisinau, the capital city of about 800,000. And that's where we have a number of embassies there and different things. And there's, there's embassy ladies there, or their husbands maybe in the embassy. They may be business women, or they're, they're there with their husband who's a businessman. There's about 80 uh, business women there. And it's called International Women's Club. And she got on the committee of five with this. And they do different projects, raise money, and they do good social work. It's not a Christian religious organization. It's a so, they do social work. And they may help orphanages, help with bedding, help with glasses, medical. Well, we in Cornish, Vitaly was doing so many things with the after-school feeding program, the, the adolescent orphans, uh, mother babies, and just different areas. We said, hey, why don't you make an application? We'll see. Maybe, maybe some money will come your way. Long story short, in July, it was accepted. And we found out, this was about three weeks before we were coming home in August, we got $2,000 granted. And I, and I called up. I said, Vitaly, we got $2,000. They accepted the grant. What do you want to do with this? And I didn't know if he's saying, oh, we need some food. We, we desperately need to buy more food. We need clothing. Winter's going to be coming. You know, whatever. We need bedding. We just built the dormitories. We have no maps. I didn't know what he was going to say. You know what he said? If we could have some cows and chickens. And, and it totally floored us. And we, What is this all about? He began to explain. And it's about give a man a, a fish, feed him for a day, teach him to fish, feed him for a lifetime. We went out one of our last Sundays, uh, just about a week before we came home. We were out in Cornish. We got a fancy business lady, embassy lady. We're out in Cornish. We're going up and down that market, and we're buying chickens and cows. And it was incredible. And we spent the whole lot, and God multiplied it. A cow was 700 bucks. We got two cows. And the chickens were about a buck sixty-five each, you know, after we, because we were buying a big 200, we got a good price. But the cows each came pregnant, and one came with a calf, because God's in the multiplying business. So that was five cows. And these young people, they have no problem getting up. They're milking those cows because they're getting milk. They're getting cheese. They're se selling milk at the market. They're selling the cheese. They're eating eggs. They're making omelets. I don't know. <laughs> They're selling eggs. They're making money. And we love this church in Cornish and what this pastor is doing. And it's kind of a model and example. He's just loving every area of society there. And we're loving every, every area of society with him and joining arms with him. And we see the real potential as we work with this pastor to transform this community that is so sin-sickened right now, really. But it can change. And as you slowly begin to invade all these areas and age groups, you can turn that tide of sin that has come in like a cancer and taken over. And I'm going to leave you with a passage here. And I won't get to do some of the preaching on it, but you, you will understand just in the whole flow of the whole day, you'll understand what this is about. Just listen to this passage. You don't have to turn there. You can make a mental note where it is. This is 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to read three verses to you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 17 to 20. And I have a, and I have a little, little card here from when I 
just shared, jotted down some thoughts, got a, first given this to me, Slava Shibukaria Nuastra, our glory and our joy. And our glory and our joy is people. And listen, to, just feel Paul's heart here. But brothers, when we were torn away from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. He had been in Thessalonians, Acts chapter 17. God, God had called him in 16, come to Macedonia. Remember the Macedonian call. He finally gets over there and he's working through. He's in Thessalonica for two or three weeks. And he's kind of, he has to escape and get out of there or because or, the, there's just such an angry mob. And that's what the context is here. There's such an intense longing for, to be there. He, God gives us that love, that intense longing for people. Only God can do that can fill us with a love, even for people that we don't, didn't think we could ever love. But God can just bring that love. Actually, that verse, the love of Christ compels us. Um, in, in Romanian, the word is stringe. And it's kind of this constricting, this tightening. And we begin to feel it's like I, I cannot, I have to love. i got to tell you about my son. Our first year was a difficult year in missions. And you know, if our son was here, he would share. He would probably sh- share, Mom, Dad, it was my fault. And we'd say, no, son, you know, we, we screwed up. You know, we'd go back and forth because today things are in proper perspective. He made mistakes. He made some bad choices. You know, uh, one of the straws in the back was us going to the mission field, and that created some tension too. But he, uh, he really went into a depression slide that first year. And, and I didn't know. He, he was 20, 21. I didn't know, you know, we're long distance. We just got on the field. We didn't want to turn around and come back. You're trying to call and talk to friends. And he's in the community of Waukesha. And we got friends who are kind of keeping tabs. Of, but a month on the field, he quits college. He quits his job. And, you know, that, that creates a lot of stress in many ways. Uh, and just makes some bad choices in life begins to compound like dom- a domino effect. One thing leads to another, and he just, next thing you know, he is on the ground with such a weight of baggage that he can't even get up on his own. He's just under the weight of depression. And when we're over there, we're talking to people, and some people are saying, this is just growing pains. He's got to come through. These are just tough years. You Don't baby him. So you kind of hear that in. He's got to grow up on his own. He's got to come through this. On the other side, we're hearing... He's in, no, he's in depression. You've got to get back. It's serious stuff. So we're weighing this out over the year. And to tell you the truth, I've got some frustration and anger growing in me. And it it's, goes all the way back to high school years and some decisions and disappointments and, and things and bad choices he made then. And, you know, that's, that's part of what compounded. But there's this element that first year, it's kind of like at times I was just on this fine line of, all right, I'm not sending any more money home to help with rent. He's, next month he's going to be on the street. He's going to have to try and find a place at the Salvation Army in the dead of winter. You know, I'm, as a father, I'm mentally going through these gymnastics. You know, is it time to just, okay, I just, he's got to grow up. He's got to really, really learn his lesson here. He's made his bed, now he's going to lie in it, and he's, he's going to rebound, but he's going to learn some tough lessons here. So I'm going through that, and I can't tell you how many times I was on this fine line of making that call that that's it. I'm sending no more money. I'm helping in no way. God, I'm going to release them in your hands, and you've got to do it.
But during this time, God had gave me this, this one message, and it included one of the points was in Luke 15, the prodigal son. And I would come to the father and son part, and I could barely get through preaching. Nobody out there knew what's going on as a father with a son. But God had me, brought me to that message just to keep me loving my son. And there's probably more anger and you know in me than love at, at that at that time but it just I couldn't read that and and cash in on my son and just and God has done some tremendous things and you know now it's that's a couple years ago he's actually been working his job almost two years there's such a different relationship we have and sometimes I almost sh- shudder inside me when I think of I almost pulled the plug and the long-term effect that that could have had and today there's there's a relationship we have where I'm I'm his biggest fan I'm his encourager and and I'm speaking encouragement not disappointment in his life it may be in my expression my rolling of my eyes or you know whatever but whenever I talk to him you know fantasy football you're undefeated wow tell me about it. you know whatever it is and God fills our hearts with love for people. That intense longing, that stringe, that the, the love of Christ compels us, that tightening. I felt that tightening constantly when I'd come to that passage about the, the prodigal son and the father. And just the father could not let him go. I felt that tightening of God's love. He never let me go. And so I couldn't let my son go. And it was only because of that compelling love of Christ. And it goes on to say, for we wanted to come to you Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan stopped us. God gives us love for, he fills our heart with love for people. Satan tries to destroy relationships and steal love. And Satan has hindered in many ways, uh, probably different things and ways God's wanted to reach people, touch people, work in people's lives. He's always working some of the things going on in Moldova, this human trafficking, stuff I'm reading in in this latest book that's come out, Children, I just read last night in Armenia and some of this in Moldova, but children being trafficked for their organs. I mean, not 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 just physically abused, sexually abused, and then just kicked out and still alive. I'm saying trafficked, killed, organs taken and given to people. And I won't get into countries and different things, but. This stuff goes on, too. It's un- unbelievable, the depravity of man. I mean, sexual trafficking is bad enough. And we got a lot of trafficking. We've got labor trafficking in Moldova. We've got trafficking of children for begging. We've got the sexual trafficking. Every year, about 30 million people are, are trafficked for labor, begging, uh, sexual trafficking. About a, about a million and a half in the sex trade out of that. But just how, how does this stuff work? Satan works to destroy like that relationship. And, and finally, Paul says, but what is our hope? After that, but Satan stopped us. For what is our hope, our joy, the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you indeed? Slava shibukoriata. You are our glory and our joy. And something in my Bible, I've done this passage, you, you. Um, 
We are torn away from you. We made every effort to see you. We wanted to come to you. What is our glory and joy? It is you. Indeed, you are our glory and joy. It's about people, isn't it? And it's about the love that God fills our hearts with that, that is greater than anything the enemy can bring our way, any pressure, any stress, any challenge of life. And, you know, it's our privilege, church, that God has called us. We are in Moldova. You're here in Port View. You may be with the children. You may be with the youth, youth leaders of the youth group. You may work in the sound center. You may be board leaders here uh, in women's ministry. You know, us being in Moldova is no different than you being in your place of ministry and service here where you feel God has called you to work, to love, to serve, to give, and to do your part. And it is our privilege to represent you in Moldova. And God is doing some tremendous things. There are some challenges there. But the church is going forward. Churches are being built. They're being planted. And we're having opportunities. Uh, at right now, 19 years outside of the fall, when, when the church was underground, sneaking around. It's above ground now, literally. And we are, we, we are out in the open. We have this do- window of opportunity. When you're over in that side of the world, it's kind of, you can feel things could change fast. You don't know if it'll be like this. I don't know if we'll make it through our next term and still be in Moldova. Things could happen. We could be kicked out of the country. Uh, things can happen pretty fast. And I'm, I'm not saying that in a manipulative way or scare you, but I'm just saying things can happen so fast politically over there. And, you know, big Russia is always kind of this cloud behind those former Soviet republics, and especially one like Moldova. And, and they have a foothold in our country in this break-off Republic of Transnistria. Anyway. We can talk more to you later, but God bless you. Thank you for loving Moldova through your support and giving. And we wanted to give you a little personal first-hand feel, but I hope we also tied into the love all. And I think we're pretty personal with you, probably out of our relationship with you. And, and we share like this. We are pretty open with our hearts and appreciate your prayers uh, for us, for other missionaries, for families. There, there's some stresses, some unique challenges to families that serve on the field. So thank you for your love and support, and God bless you. Thank you. It's exactly what we hoped God would do today. I don't know about you, but I feel incredibly challenged to allow God to increase my capacity to love or maybe to allow God to, to move me by his love to do things in the lives of people um, that maybe I've been resistant to doing. Um, for some of you, I think God spoke to you specifically about your relationships with maybe family members today, but not giving up, not uh, not breaking off the ties because you're so angry, um, to keep on loving. And friends, that's what this last week of the Advent Conspiracy is all about. For God so loved the world that he gave, and that's the Christmas story, and that we are to then allow that love to compel us to change the world to change our world, to change our church. And so, um, Troy and Heidi, I'm so glad that you guys have been here with us today. I absolutely believe God's spoken through you guys to us today, um, communicating, seeing love. That's what it was, seeing love for family, love for a nation that God has put a love in your heart for. And, um, and I appreciate that today.